What's up, folks, and welcome to the Geeked Out Collecting Podcast, where we talk about everything hobby collecting, from trading card games like Pokemon and Magic the Gathering, to comic books and Funko Pops, we talk about it all. My name is Jess, and today is episode four of season one, where we talk about everything Pokemon. And for this episode, I invited Dulce Pokemon, aka Charlie, to the show. Hey, Charlie, how's it going? Thank you so much for coming on. It's great to have you here. My pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, I was thinking about it the other day because there's been a lot of really cool people that I've met just online through Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and things like that. Everyone's been really cool in the community. And I could not remember what Facebook group we started talking from. Do you remember? I'm a part of so many. I'm not sure if it was Verbank or... I think there was one from Italy that started in, but but it was one of those two. I'm not I'm not exactly certain though. Yeah, it had to be one of those. I can't even remember where we where we started sparking a, a conversation. I couldn't find the original thread or anything like that, but <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to to meet some cool people off Facebook and whatnot. So had you been on those Facebook groups for a long time? Oh yes, I have. Actually, uh there's the good thing about the hobby is that there's a lot of amazing people in the hobby sometimes mm-hmm. they get a rap or we get a bad reputation because there's a lot of bad apples which is you know the people that try to scam here and there but the actual hobbyists themselves they're amazing people they're really you know just the inner geekiness that, that they're, they're mm-hmm. just in it totally. for them and and the inner child and having a fun time they're not in it to do anything bad to anybody so oh totally totally i actually just experienced um a weird interaction yesterday with one of the groups, uh, Pokemon collectors. It, they just recently started allowing people to sell if they wanted to, just recently. So at first it was only like, hey, let me show off my Pokemon cards. Let me ask questions and stuff like that. And this kid was on there because someone was trying to sell a Machamp from the original like base set, you know, the 20 billion Machamps that they... Um, Right. That they originally printed, yeah, that you couldn't get in the booster packs from back in the day. Exactly. And it was warped. It was warped. And and sometimes this guy was being kind of, I don't try to normally call people out, but this guy was being a little cocky because he didn't realize how not valuable that card was. And it was and it was warped. And I wanted to be like, hey, you know, you're not going to get full price for something that's not near mint to full mint. And to me, warped is messed up. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know how you feel. Well, it all depends because I have seen some cards that are factory that have factory defects, and it actually does the contrary by by a significant margin. What what happens is instead of losing half the value, it could actually you know quadruple or whatever the value. But most ninety nine point nine percent of the times, it's not even worth anything. Not even the shipping yeah. cost to actually ship the item out. But I've had similar situations where I had people that actually reached out to me because I, you know, we post everything like I buy Pokemons or stuff like that. And I had a lady that actually reached out and she had a ba- uh, unlimited base set Charizard. It was destroyed. I mean, like literally the foil coming out and all that. And she's mm-hmm. like, I want $3,000 for it. I'm like, I- I'm sorry. I-, I-, I appreciate your offer, but I'll have to pass. Like, but what's your problem? I'm like, I'm-, I'm just trying to be polite and all that. But mm-hmm. it seems like they go into eBay and stuff like that. And they see these prices and they're like, oh, but this is the same thing. And it's kind of hard trying to teach, especially older people, the specific niches like that little shadowless, which is something that it doesn't. Those little things. Roger. And I'm- even my wife, I- I've actually tried to tell her, look, it's just that little first edition thing yeah that's about twenty thousand dollars yeah <laughs> oh my god that little that little stamp that it just makes the biggest difference i know when i first started getting into magic the gathering that community 
is really nice. But of course, you know, obviously some bad apples. But I've met some really cool people on eBay because they actually told me like, hey, you know, just letting you know, you listed that card wrong. That's not that's not what that card is, because, you know, there's there's a ton more for all the Pokemon cards we have. There's probably like twice to three times more Magic the Gathering. So, you know, I get that. I get that. You know, at first, if you don't know that much about something, you can easily list it wrong or easily price it wrong. So, you know, I definitely understand that from when I was kind of newbie to it. But I mean, I'm glad that you tried to be nice. Probably <laughs> no, everyone I- is nice. I actually try to be as humble as possible and not just because of respect. Yes, mm-hmm. I do it because of respect, but because it, it, from a trader's perspective, because I, I, I have my personal collections and I have the collections which I flip in order to expand my personal collection. Mm-hmm. So I try to maintain that, that you know, that, that kindness and that, that, that oomph that, that that person gets, even though I, they've realized, oh my God, he was right. And I tried to give him a $3,000 card that's not worth 50 cents. He was so cool about it. He treated me so with respect. When they go out and they're in a, at a yard sale and they see something, they might just immediately, out of, out of the, the, the sheer respect from that I showed them, they just reach out. And by, by miracle, I, we have a good thing going on, so. It's like a quid pro quo type thing. Yeah, I think I think reputation matters a lot, especially when you're selling. Um, It doesn't even matter, actually, if you're selling, buying and selling. You want to have a good reputation and any little interaction that you have with people can really affect that. And, you know, I've seen plenty of times where people were put on blast, probably rightly so because a deal had gone bad and they had done it on purpose. I've seen it plenty of times uh, on those Facebook groups and whatnot. And so that's what I like about the community. The community protects itself because they try to, you know, keep a list of people. Hey, don't do business with them. You know, as far as reputations go, I mean, that's what really comes down to. uh, That's what it comes down to. If you want more opportunity, you have to create reputation. And even if, hey, something doesn't work out right now, we weren't able to make this deal. But in the future, you know, you get remembered as being someone that's respectful, that's knowledgeable, that, you know, isn't going to cheat you out of something. Uh, So I think I think it matters. I'm with you on that. So. Well, I, I, absolutely. And just a caveat to that, I've actually done, I had people reach out in IG and stuff like that about trades and stuff of that nature that I'm not, I'm not even looking for the trade. I, I'm all, I know that I'm losing somewhat because I never, I, I never want to really lose on the trade, but just in order to get that networking, because in this, in this hobby, and I would say in any hobby, even MTG, Yu-Gi-Oh, whatever, networking is crucial. If you don't have that networking, you're you're bound to fail. It's just inevitable. It's just a matter of once you once you lose the credibility, countdown starts mm. until you you hit rock bottom. Oh, totally, totally. It is not it is not a good road to come down. But no, I think that's that's honestly not a bad idea to go about things. I've not done any trades myself just because I don't know the I don't know. I guess what's what's the the word the best way to go about trades. I don't know. With someone who's traded many times, I don't know what the expectation is because I always try to like value for value. If my card is worth 20 bucks, you know, depending on what's going on, depending on what kind of card I'm getting on this end, you know, I'd hope that we could, you know, come to some kind of a level agreement. But, you know, if you if you have an intention like that to also build a relationship, I think, you know, let's say they giving you a, you know, a $10 card and you're giving them a $20 card. I think the interaction, the positivity with that uh, definitely, you know, it just boosts reputation and shows that you're good to work with so right and that 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 is basically instead of it's like a marketing strategy instead of instead of you investing in 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 google search or stuff like that all you're doing is putting that money into this specific thing but but you're not really losing because i 
oh my god, I have so many cards. Like even I had because I have personal collections that are in a vault, and I have personal collections that I have here for my eBay distribution. And I like even in front of me right now, I have sheets and sheets of of, of regular Pokemon cards that I get on a continuous basis. So it's not it's and and to be and to be fair, I've had kids, a lot of kids, and that's what my wife's like. You got to stop this because with the kids, kids will reach out and they're like, um, oh, they'll write something nice. They don't ask for it. A lot of them, they don't they don't actually ask for the free item but mm-hmm. it's so humble it's so cute you know that i'm like let me just send them a, a package and oh. like, remember you've sent so many and, and it's not the card because the card probably costs you 25 cents but the mm-hmm. shipping costs you four dollars so when you look at it with the packaging and all that so if you keep doing but and besides the it's fact like- that they're they're the future of the hobby they're the ones that are going to sustain the hobby in the future so Oh, definitely. I think, you know, that's really cool that you say that because one of the approaches that I've tried to take with myself is instead of, I don't know, I, I'm i not good with ads. That's not something that I do. I'm not good at it. I don't use eBay ads. I don't use any kind of ads or whatever I've tried before. It doesn't really work. And if you're trying to expand your store, what I've decided to do is let's say, hypothetically speaking, I'd put such and such money into a monthly budget for marketing. Well, instead of doing that, how about you go out and brand your your store? So that's why I decided to get a logo made. That's why I decided to put that logo on shipping tape. That's why I decided to get custom envelopes and just all these little things to reinforce that. And then on top of that, you know, do cool giveaways every so often just because to that one person that wasn't expecting, you know, to, to win this little prize, I would rather do that, make someone really happy with this little interaction that you've had uh, and you, rather than an ad, because an ad to me is just you got to be really good for it to be really effective. I'm not that person. I kind of know I kind of know my lane. I'm not, I'm, I'm going to try and stay in that lane. And so I'd rather put money towards doing cool things for people, uh, you know, whether that's giveaways for free or just, you know, donating to little kids or something of that nature. I don't know. That's just more fun. So I definitely get why you do what you do. So. Right. And I think that that's actually a better, a better, uh, a better strategy that actually is more comforting to me as an individual, probably to yourself. And it, it, you, you make that bond, which is more personal versus ads that are impersonal. And and, mm-hmm. and I, I, honestly, the eBay ads don't even work. We could, There's a lot of videos <laughs> on that on how when you do an ad, you don't come up in the organic search. So a lot of people that take out ads and filter will not appear in the organic search. And a lot mm-hmm. of people do that on as a, as a default. So they will never look at your items because you have it on oh ad. God. Yeah, it's I a, it's had a, no idea. She's there. What? I had no idea. Okay, so that's that's interesting. Have you run eBay ads before for any yeah. of your listings? Well, I tried it on. I think I tried it on a seven thousand dollar item I had, and uh, I took it out. I put it. I just was. I was actually trying to verify if it's something I was going to be into. I wanted to see exactly the amount and all this. When I did it, I I decided. Look, I, this item is so scarce. If somebody puts it. Why would I have to promote it? I'm going to be on top of the list because there's not much of them anyway. Yeah. So I took it out, but you can't actually take it out. As soon as you click the promotion, once you take it out, it will automatically apply the fee anyways. Huh. It so, will automatically be, be taken as an actual promotion, even though you took it off. Oh, really? So when you take, so when you end the promotion, it still shows as a promotion? That's weird. Yeah. 
It, it won't show as a promotion, but you'll be charged the promotion. That is not. It, it's a. It's like a glitch that that eBay does because mm. the first thing is it, it it doesn't come out in the organic feeds once you hit promotion. And most of us we don't want to see the ads because we're specific hobby collectors for a niche, and the niche is MTG, Pokemon, etc. So you're going. You don't want to see those ads that are more for for you know for routine sales that are by by the volume. So a lot of people default that out in the filter. So you will never see ads. So they will never see your items. And then you say, mm -hmm. all right, so let me take this out. When you take it out, what happens is it will now be, it will now not appear as, as a promotion. You'll come out as organic, but you, once you sell it, eBay will still charge you the promotion as fee. If, dang, as if you sold it during the promotion. That's pretty frustrating. Uh, the other day, I was just looking at an email that I got from eBay because it was telling me that it was going to auto renew my store. I do like the $5 a month store just so I can put, you know, uh, like discounts and stuff like that is really what I use it for mostly. And I was looking, I didn't realize how different the fees were as a store versus just a non-store. <laughs> and I'm thinking I might keep the store because I didn't even really understand the fees. There were so many nickel and dimed little fees and it had been so long since I really dug into those eBay fees and I was just thinking, oh my God, it's been so long since I paid a listing fee. I forgot that this existed, you know? <laughs> now, if, if I'm not a store, I have to pay attention to how long it's taking me to turn over my inventory. So that's just stressful. <laughs> that's just stressful to me. And and so I probably will just pay the $5 a month to continue keeping the store. I don't know if you have a, a subscription for your eBay store, but I think, I think that's what I'll probably do just because, gosh, okay. I mean, we're already getting paid the, the final value fee. Then we're getting paid a shipping fee, even though we're not using the shipping fee to make money. We're trying to cover our cost <laughs> when it comes to shipping. And then on top of that, we have to pay a listing fee every so often when the listing is reposted, which it'll do automatically. Exactly. Unless we take it down, it said something like it was thirty-five cents, but the thirty-five cents adds up over time. No, exactly, and, and and there's a lot of us. That, I mean, there's a lot of. I, I try to. I, I'm I'm not because the fees are so high. I try to stay away from, especially high-end items on eBay. But a lot of people that that sell, they have you know three hundred listings, six hundred listings, and when you start getting to those numbers, those those real high numbers, it's thirty cents times five. You know, it it, it it's, it's a lot of yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, no. and eBay just has, has continually uh, gone up. So I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, a lot of people ask, why is, why are you listing with a premium on eBay? It's not the premium that, 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 uh, that it's mm -hmm. the, besides the fact that you get the buyer protection, which is, which is to me priceless. You know what I mean? But, but if, 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 if I have to add that 10% or what is it? Yeah. 10% on top of it, because if not, then I'm going to lose money. So, and, and that can't be the mm -hmm. case. Yeah. I think I don't necessarily. Sometimes when people go on the Facebook groups and they want to decide they want to sell a really not valuable card for like $50, for example, sometimes I'm just kind of like, okay, dude, really? You're going to try and sell it for that much and in, in price gouge? But on eBay, I feel a little differently because when it comes to the margins on eBay, at the end of the day, you're looking at around 13% between PayPal and eBay for the entire transaction just in fees alone, not including the tax that's now recently been added. I don't know if you saw that on PayPal. I've had a few transactions where all of a sudden I'm, get, I'm getting charged tax, mm -hmm. which doesn't make sense to me because usually tax falls on the buyer. Um, so I don't, I don't know why 
why that's happening. It hasn't happened for all of my transactions, but I have to do some I haven't research. Seen the, I haven't seen it yet, but but it, it happened on, on a current statement or something like that? So I I sold a few things. I've sold a few things over the past few weeks. And I want to say two out of those four transactions, when I got, when I received the money on PayPal, you know, I'll always go in and just, I mean, I know it's always going to be around 3%, but I'll still take a look at the fee to see how much was actually taken out dollar wise. And I happened to notice under the fee line item, there was also taxes. And I was just so surprised that the transaction between the buyer and myself through PayPal, PayPal was charging me taxes on what wow. they were sending me. I know that doesn't make sense. I really haven't done much research because it, it wasn't too crazy. But, you know, when it comes down to it, though, with all the fees and everything that's coming out, if I'm if I put something. Yeah, if I put something out at a premium or it looks like a premium to you, in all honesty, there's probably not much margin. I mean, I don't sell items that are, you know, thousands of dollars. Um I think that's more you. <laughs> that is more you between the two of us. But but you know, for myself, when it comes down to it, you know, maybe a few bucks here, another few there. I'm never looking at tens or you know twenties or in the fifties or or more than that in terms of the margin. So I really need to start paying attention to the margins because if I have to, because if I'm ultimately winning in volume, I have to I have to make sure that each time I'm I'm at least covering my cost at the end well, of the absolutely. day. Yeah, you're over. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the big and the big thing also that that happened to me in the beginning is I was selling a lot of I was actually selling uh blister packs and booster packs for uh, if I'm not mistaken it was in it was on broken bonds. I, I was I was selling them extremely cheap, but when you start adding up I start everything. My wife was like, "Let's start ink. Let me put a percentage of ink and and I know it's it's a little Anal to say the least to go that detail, but we started breaking down everything like the paper we used, the the <laughs> business card we pulled, the bubble wrap, the actual envelope, all that. And I was like, oh my god, I'm making three cents. This is this is ridiculous. You know, I wasted what twenty minutes for three cents. This should be. I, yeah, that's why I try to stay away now from that small end item sales because at this point it just it, 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 it's not. It's so time consuming. I do it once in a while. And I'm sorry for changing like that. I do it once in a while because of the fact that you need specific lower end items to get people to view your store. And you must have lower end items, which I'm lacking some at this time. Like I, I have to put a lot of shinies that I have and just something below $20. Like I don't, I don't have anything below. I'm not even sure if I have anything below $50. But I have to have, I have to, <laughs> but I have to have things like that just to get uh, more people from different varieties coming in and stuff like that. But it's a learning curve as for well as well for me because I've only totally. been selling on eBay like like fully for about four months. Mm, that's awesome. Have you so other than social media uh, selling? Um, if you have done a lot of that, um, I can't remember if I've seen you do some raffles or not. You know, all the raffles kind of blend together. But other than Anything on eBay? Do you use any other um, any other like merchant uh, apps? Do you use like Mercari or, yeah. or anything else like that? You do? How yes, do you... I use, I use okay. Mercari, uh, eBay, IG, Facebook, and I'm setting up Etsy. Oh, okay, cool. What are you gonna sell on the on Etsy? Just the cards? Pokemon, yeah. And we we did a we we did a, a like a little ground zero test run. My wife did it because she sells a lot of handcrafted items and stuff like that. 
And uh, she said, I said, Mom, uh, baby, can you just put this just to see how, how it does? She put it and she, she's been selling for years and she does good in sales. She put it, the Shining set. I think I had the PSA 10 Shining uh, uh, Pokemon there. And the views were like in like a couple of hours the views were off the charts so she's like oh my god people aren't used to seeing uh you know non-custom non kind of something else that's the things on etsy yeah but it, that I, is I did it, we did it we did it and it, it, it got, got a lot of traction so let's see i'll try anything wow. okay that's cool i'm gonna have to give that a go because yeah if you're looking at a product that doesn't sell that much on those people don't post it so it doesn't sell that much i'm curious to see how that that works out let me know i'm curious do you um have you seen all of the stock X listings of uh, the Wizards of the Coast cards in general? No. On Etsy? Uh Stock X. Have you heard of that one? This I haven't. Head? No. No, I have not. Yeah, yeah. So StockX uh was a website. I don't know how long it's been out. I want to say a few years. I first heard about it because uh sneakerheads you know, the problem with sneakers, of course, with Pokemon and everything else are fakes. So what you do is if you want to sell your Jordans, you send it out to them and they do all the fulfillment. But what they also do is they authorize the shoe. So any shoe that's sold there are real Jordans. They're real boosts. They're real. They're the real thing. So they actually will go about authorizing it, which, you know, at the time when I first came across it, I thought the fees and the margins of what I was trying to sell at the time uh, was a little too much. I think I was trying to sell like a Chinese New Year Jordan. I can't I think that was a, a something like that. Anyway, so long story short, the margins didn't make sense to me. There was no way based on what they were being listed at after all the fees where, you know, I would come up in the positive. I was going to come up in the negative, even if it was like a little bit in the positive, but there was no way. But recently I found out in the past few months, they've been actually expanding their product. So you can go and actually send in your Pokemon cards and it has this whole, you know, market trade where you can see where the listings uh, you know, what the current listings are. I know they just recently did a few giveaways where they were trying to uh, just give away some cards to some people just to oh, wow. generate some buzz. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, Stock, uh, S-T-O-C-K-X.com. Uh, so pretty interesting. It, they definitely have a good reputation. I don't know if when you send the cards in to be sold and fulfilled, if that also means they're authorizing them. I just saw today someone post a few cards and it looked like they were in, you know, like PSA cases, but the label wasn't a label like this, for example, a a PSA label. It it just showed the PSA logo and then the Beckett logo, but there was no grade or anything like that. So I don't know what that means. I'm assuming that it wasn't graded, but Maybe they're partnering with PSA and Beckett to at least authorize the card, say, hey, this is a real card. So I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I haven't bought anything yet from there just to get an idea of the experience. But I've thought about it just to, you know, do they they offer seller protection? Do you know that? Or buyer protection? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. They'll they'll do uh, protection for both sides um, when it comes down to it. So so that's that's kind of nice. That's nice that it has that pretty built in. They've had a good reputation, like I said, and they started in the sneaker world. So I think the original founders were just sneakerheads. And so what they would, you know, they would be the ones grading the sneakers or authorizing the Jordans and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. It's uh, yeah, really I'm, I'm definitely going to verify information to that one. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. I mean, I know I, I was going to ask you what your opinions were with Mercari. 
because I thought about it. I, I downloaded the app. Once I downloaded it, they wouldn't stop sending me notifications of this and that and, and whatnot. So I got kind of annoyed with it. But uh, what what are your thoughts with it? Have you liked it? Have you had any bad experiences? Or Well, to be honest, I think... I haven't had any bad experience at all with Macari, but the app itself is it's a, it's a little bit outdated and all this, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of craziness going on, but it actually works fine. I mean, I haven't had to return an item, so I haven't, I don't know how the buyer, because I also buy it from Mercari as well, and I sell, I have, I've, I'm not even sure how many sells, but I, I don't even post that often there. I do use it more to search around and see. Because I'm always researching is is 99% of the hobby at this point. Oh my gosh, that's so that's so true. I know with myself. So I guess a little bit of info on myself in my day job. I actually work as a developer. So uh, I do a lot of Python development. And one of the things that I wanted to do, kind of just for fun, and to I guess contribute to the hobby community is I want to build a just some software that what it'll do is it'll connect into marketplace APIs. Uh, so for example, Amazon or eBay and be able to pull, um, you know, sold listings over whatever time frame you're looking at for whatever item you're looking at. Because my problem, and I know they've solved this problem in other hobbies uh, like Magic the Gathering. And I think there's some for comic books. I don't know if there's any existing right now in Pokemon, but um, I wanted to kind of get my feet wet into that kind of development. And I want to be able to see a trend line of how a card is done in the past six months, in the past year, in the past five years, in the past 10 years. I want to be able to see that. And right now you can't really chart that. Oh, that'll be uh, awesome. Yeah, I know. How how cool would that be? I was hoping to do something open source, uh, something like that. I, I'm not 100% sure. Um, what I've been trying to do first was build a app on your phone to oh, calculate. Wow. I mean, yeah. So there's some apps that already exist to do that, but I've never developed an um an iPhone app. So I figured, oh, this would be a cool learning experience because when I'm out and I happen to see something that's, you know, unclear, it's in target. If I'm trying to figure out, oh, okay, well, would I, you know, at least cut even on this? It would be nice to have a little calculator to say, hey, okay, so you're 13% plus whatever, you know, in terms of shipping, if you want to offer free shipping or whatnot, the cost of the item, you know, what would come out in terms of your ROI? So I've been, I've been working on releasing that. Actually, I might need some people to QA it and see if it works. Um, so yeah, if that, you're I mean, down, that'll yeah. be amazing. I mean, something, because I know, I know I spoke with one of my buddies, which is uh, one of the people I got the, the, one of the booster boxes from, and, and he's a huge MTG guy. He's mm, huge. And what, he started? I, yeah, I mean, he actually, I, I, they were selling me a, a top end magic. The game. It wasn't the black Lotus. It was, it was like a cipher, something mock cipher, something like that. Yeah, yeah, those mox cards. They were original alphas from back in the day, nineteen ninety four. Yeah, and they, they wanted. I, I can't remember. It was like six thousand dollars, something like that, for it. Mm, mm. And it was a PSA ten, which usually he says they wanted in Beckett. But uh, I, he said, look up. He took out his phone. He says, look, you just go to this app. I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa. he had mm-hmm. a specific app for MTG. Mm-hmm. And now that you mentioned that, I'm like, oh my God, if we had that, and, and then if you could report trend lines, especially at this point where the usual hobby hobbyists would not want to see trend lines, but everything else they'll use it for. 
but then you could do like a premium package for this for the people like us that mm-hmm. want to see trend lines because we want to see yeah we want to see exactly the the projections and 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 all the yeah. good stuff in, so i mean yeah. that'll be amazing if you could come up with something like that oh totally and the other thing too that at least for the mtg one that i've used before there's no data for graded card transactions so i can't even see if I'm overpaying currently, you know, if, if there aren't any recent listings in eBay for the past few, I think it only goes back a few months from your current your current date. So if nothing's really happened, you don't really know. And that's one of the gray areas of collecting in general is, is you know, graded product, whether it is Pokemon or magic or comic, comic books. Um, unless you frequent, for example, Facebook groups that happen to sell, you know, the ASM 300, which is just an amazing Spider-Man comic book issue and tons of people want it. And it's and it's really, really valuable. So unless you see actual transactions and what have happened before, you're not going to know if you're getting hosed or not. You're exactly. really not going to know. And then you're I, also- I, I'm sorry, the, that application, I, I, it said it, it did say near, but it didn't have any grades. It just said like good oh, conditions, fair cards? conditions. Yeah. See, that's that's what's missing is I really want to also see graded cards because- Absolutely, yeah. For- and I mean, for me as a collector, I, if I am trying to buy a card, let's say, for example, it's a specific uh, Pokemon card. Let's say it's a base two set Pokemon. I don't have base set two Pokemon cards right now at the moment. I don't have physical ones. So if I'm trying to go out and buy that one or let's say one of the Rocket cards, I try to buy it online. I'm not going to really know if it's fake unless I have one. So I don't actually buy raw cards online because... I, I'm not confident enough in my ability to spot certain kinds of fakes at the moment because, you know, if I'm not ready to lose the money, I'm not going to risk it. So what I do, what I've been doing is focusing on getting graded cards. So that's that's what I'll do. If it's any MTG cards, I actually will get graded cards nine and above. Um, That includes, you know, just regular base set and whatnot. Uh, Just because, I don't know, I just do not, unless I've dealt with someone and let's say it's someone I've met off Instagram that I know that they're great sellers like yourself or anyone else. Raw cards I'd probably buy, but when it comes to just buying stuff on eBay because you think you have a good deal, sometimes you're not necessarily getting a good deal. Sometimes you're just getting a fake card. But if you don't have the confidence to know when to really spot it, you know, for me, I'm just more hesitant to to go down that road. So since I do go down that road where I'm buying graded cards, I don't ever always know whether or not I am getting hosed. Like I said, am I am I being, you know, way overpriced right now? And this is just an artificial price to see if someone will even go for it or not, which happens sometimes. Sometimes you don't know how to price something. So you'll just throw out a number just to see what hits. I get that. But, you know, as a as a buyer, too, not that you're trying to make a bad deal for a seller. You know, you want to find a deal where you know, this is going to work. And I mean, you want it to be a win-win for both. But but if you don't have that knowledge, if you don't have that information, if you don't know what the trends are going to, if you don't know what the trends have been, you can't necessarily make a good decision on what the trends might be. Um, and then you also can't, it's harder to tell when you're starting to move into that bear market for that particular card or, you know, just in general for those things. Um, like I said, with the MTG um, resources, you can kind of see that already, which is nice. Uh, but we don't have that for Pokemon as far as I know. I haven't the, done extensive looking, but. Something like that, especially in, in, cause I get the point, I get your point. The only, the only cards I buy online, I, I actually do like buying uh Pokemon cards online raw on eBay specifically, but everything I buy is going straight 
to being graded. And it's mm-hmm. literally going within a specific time frame because the buyer protection mm-hmm. handles mm-hmm. that protection. So if they say this is a legit card, I send it off to PSA or Beckett and it comes back as, look, this is a forgery. This, this is a bootleg. Mm-hmm. It's automatically okay. going to, I automatically, and it's a waste of time and a waste of fun. So you, it's something that you have to, I mean, <clears throat> I have seen, it's harder. Magic of the Gathering is extremely harder to notice. I mean, there's, there's a lot of fakes. Of some uh-huh. magic, and especially with the bending thing, I've it's seen. Getting and, super good. Yeah, they're getting extremely good with Pokemon. Not yet. I think it would eventually start kicking in more and more. I have seen fake swords, fake Blastoise, and and they'll continue. But the the fakes that I've seen are, are it's just awful at this point. But there's a lot of people that are new to the hobby and could just mm. as easily just fall they for just it. Have that eye. That's why I I always always and even when I sell myself I. People will tell me, look, I'll give you friends and family. No, no, no. I yeah, take no. it, take it through. And I I honestly do it as well because I want to be protected as well. So for example, if I sell you an item and I happen to have purchased that item, I'm just reselling it. And then I send it to you, I want to be able to respond to you, you know, and 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 actually make sure I, I, I keep my word and give you full money per, uh, back. And actually, I would actually give you something for your time, like a little card or something. But I want to be able to keep my word with it, even if, if you don't have the protection. I still, because in this hobby, that is everything. The, the confidence, the trust that you have with your people is, is everything. So I, I always... You know, I always say buyer's protection on everything. It doesn't matter if, no, that's my friend. I've known, look, in this hobby, everybody's your friend until they burn you. Everybody's your friend until right. you burn It has to be somebody that you actually talk on a continuous basis. You guys have met, uh, you've you met his wife or her husband, et cetera. And, and actually, and even at that, I've seen burns as well. I, I've seen people actually buy up accounts. Like they'll actually say, look, I'll buy your base set uh, PSA 8 unlimited charger. They'll buy that. They'll buy another one. Then they'll say, all right, give me a credit. I'll, p- I'll pay you in the, at the end of the month. And then they'll pay that at also. And then they'll say, mm-hmm. okay, the taxes are coming up. If you give me $6,000, well, I'll pay you this. And so they get six, and then they'll burn you. Oh, yeah, no. So you no, got to be I- very, very careful with all this now. Oh, man, I'm with you. I I can't even think of doing that to someone as a buyer, even if, you know, I've known them and we've done transactions before. I don't know. I feel weird doing that, like, you know, having a, oh, shoot, what'd you call it? You know, just like getting getting some credit back. Like, hey, you know, if you send this to me, I'll pay you later. I can't even imagine doing that to someone. I don't know. It's just, uh and nobody, kinda... that's the thing that uh, the, the, the true hobbyists, they, I, the, they won't do it. It's people that are actually, that, that are willing to, to, like I've seen Instagram accounts that they've been up for two months actually building up quote unquote trust and then they mm. burn everybody and, and they're disconnected. We see that all, done. a lot of times, oh, oh, especially man. with the rafflers. They get the rafflers all the time. Like they'll say, oh, play me these numbers. Well, oh, we, I won two out of 40 that I did with you. Give me the items and I'm out. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and it happens all the time. Much of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, even with eBay, sometimes too. I remember this guy on a comic book uh, thread that I'm on on Facebook. He was talking about how this particular buyer um, on eBay, and he put you know that person's account on blast, and that person changed their account, and someone was able to find the new changed account. Anyways, what she did was she ordered a few, you know, key graded comic books. Uh, that are worth hundreds, right? You're you're talking about like probably $1,200 between the two. And so what happened is she decided she wanted to get a refund 
And so he said, okay, well, you know, just ship it back and I'll give you your refund. You know, it is what it is. I'll also pay for return shipping just because I'm being nice here. Um, and I want you to be a satisfied, you know, customer, even though this didn't work out. And she ended up shipping back the co- the uh, the comic books that she didn't buy. They, they were not the ones that were in the listing. So this person, so, so the, these these graded books are probably worth like a few hundred bucks or whatever from what she sent back. But now she's pretty much up a thousand bucks because she has these amazing, you know, key comics that are, you know, definitely investable for the future. And it's just like, oh my goodness, even with eBay, even with, you know, those things, this particular person, I don't think the issue ever got resolved. I don't think they ever got their books back. Um, And I don't think there was anything, you know, if I'm eBay, I, you know, who do I believe, right? Do I believe this buyer that says that they weren't the original items? Like, I don't know. I don't know what you, I guess with the listing and, you know, the blatant pictures, because it's graded, you know, obviously they can show, hey, these are the comics, but I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I had a person that actually, uh, I think they bought, I can't remember, my wife and I, we were, we were seeing the video and he actually, the seller sent the item. The person got the item, immediately opened the ref- return request. He's mm. automatic, because return request, it's just better, just just return and go for it. You keep the customer happy and you're happy and let's, let's just move right. on. And take that head, take the 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 shipping head because I prefer getting a positive review with, than anything else. So the person actually refunded the, the 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 item. The buyer supposedly sends the item back, and she and, and when the item arrives, the tracking number says delivered at the house. He goes to the to the to his uh, his post office, and it's an em- empty envelope with a tracking number with with, with the po- US. Oh yes. man, that's but the how, worst. But you know oh how God. how are you supposed to prove that it was empty? Yeah, how do you I mean, prove that it was empty? Oh so man, he that's drove the over there. He already had opened it. Then he tried to take a video, but it's too late. You already opened. That's why everything, especially anything that's high end, I take mm. videos of absolute. Even if it's returned, I never had a return. But if it gets returned, I'm taking a video. I'm walking into the post shop. I'm taking a video of everything of the whole. Oh process. wow! So I always wondered if that was if taking a video was worth it because they could be like, oh, well, I don't know where you got this video from. This could be from something, you know, I I don't know. That's kind of good to know because I have thought about that because, you know, what if you do have a, I mean, for high-end items, you can get completely screwed as a seller uh, for these things. My first $6,500 sale, I did, oh my God, I was- Humble brag. Oh my God, I was, I I don't know, but I uh, honestly, my wife and I, we were like, okay. And it was- uh. I think it was London. So I'm like, oh my God, not that we, we, we visit London all the time, but we're like, we never did anything international. So we're like, how oh, do we do so this? The buyer was from London? Roger, yes. So we had okay, a ship okay. over there and it was through, uh-huh. uh, and it wasn't through the global shipping program because I didn't even know what global shipping program was, but it wouldn't qualify either because the maximum is like 2,500. But we're sending this and we're, I'm, I'm thinking, oh my God, like this could go just, horribly wrong like uh, you know your mind starts your your bad thoughts is, so we literally videotaped absolutely everything i like the pack everything the box everything i'm actually with with the gopro in my in my forehead walking <laughs> to the car i was just completely freaked out but it the transaction oh, ended up being amazing and that's yeah. something i do i i put a lot of money in shipping especially you know little details i throw in a little pack a little car mm-hmm. maybe a greater car all depending on the pricing it's just little details that the buyers love. So, 
Oh, definitely. I would agree at, from a buying point of view. I'm, I always am really impressed with the shipping if the shipping is secure and safe. And I don't know, I'm just so impressed by that. It doesn't even have to be perfect presentation, but if it's secure and it and if it feels like a lot of love was put into the, the packaging of something, because I've had some crappy packaging before, totally have. And, and I'm sure I've sent some shitty packaging before when I first started because I didn't really know mm-hmm. how to ship cards safely and, and soundly to buyers. So I, I know from from a buying point of view, I can really appreciate it, you know, when it comes down to it for that. So I'm with you. I'm with you. You got to you got to do it right. I don't know. I I think it's one of those first impressions kind of thing, you know, to complete the whole buying experience. There's multiple touches that you have with your with your buyers and and each one has to be good. And maybe let's say you get, you know, four to five of those different touches with your buyers, you might still get a positive review. So it doesn't have to be a hundred percent, but you you do got to make sure you follow through. I think. And and in this hobby, it's not. I'm not talking about. I put a lot of like extra as far as the presentation. I try to do like I have some actual some some nice things, but it's not anything like out of the ordinary. But as far as the packaging, anybody in the hobby, the Magic, the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh, or Pokemon, you know, we're extremely careful about. All right, let's put the first thing. I don't want tapes on. Don't let tape touch the card. I don't care if it's cardboard box from an old USPS box. As long as it, I mean, on the contrary, if you use it and you double side it and you, then you put foil, uh, I love it. To me, mm-hmm. think, oh my God, that looks like crap. To me, it's like, oh my God, this is perfect because this is, is so exactly safe. how it should be. Yep. So, yep. but, 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 you know, collectors actually know those little things. If it's anybody else, like your grandma, be like, oh my God, look at that, that little crappy thing that you purchased for $500. And it's like, no, that, oh, that, yeah, that's definitely. exactly how it should have came. <laughs> no, ex- exactly. It needed to come with like, you know, five layers of, 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 uh, you know, shipping material on both sides. Cause you never know. I don't know. You never know. Yeah. Do you, do you take advantage of the free, uh, shipping, uh, supplies that you can get from USPS? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I'm for everything. Mm, I got, awesome. I mean, I got I, all the time and, and even for, cause a lot of times you, you might think, oh, I don't need this. And it, right in the middle, you get a purchase that you, that you think maybe I could to protect, let's say you, you got a blizzard and you got the small box, like this, let me see if I have one here. So I'll put, I'll put a blister with two cut cardboards mm-hmm. that give like a quarter of an inch extra on, on the top on e- each side. I make it like a sandwich out of it. Then I'll put bubble wrap around it. Then I put tape. Then I put it on a folder, a USPS folder that that's bu- that the good ones because it's free. Mm-hmm. I wrap that up, I seal it, and then I put it in the flat rate small box. And then I twist oh this gosh. to it. When you twist it, the envelope, it mm-hmm. actually doesn't move at all because it's literally stuck. There's no wiggle. So it's There's like no a perfect, wiggle, yeah. no wiggle at all. So it's perfect for... That's why any any free free if it's free you mm. don't take it it's, it's on you. Yeah, seriously, uh, I I always wondered at first. I didn't realize that USPS until about a few weeks ago offered the free shipping supplies. I'm like, what the heck? Because one time I I bought my first like graded comic book, and you know I don't have any here to kind of show, but it it pretty much literally just looks like this, but just a comic book, right? And so when that came in the mail, it came in two flat rate boxes and i was so surprised i'm like oh my god what did this dude pay in shipping it was like 30 bucks if you think about the supplies and everything it was it was like triple wrapped and bubble wrap and then it had the little um the packaging uh 
popcorns, you know, in there. And then it was one box and another box. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. Like, I love it because it's really, really secure. And those, I've seen a few instances where people don't ship like that. They don't ship the right way. And, you know, parts of the the plastic where it's sealed in is cracked. And, oh, no. And yeah, it's just, uh, uh, you just, I don't know. It's It triggers all my OCD, right? But it, it was just so impressive. I was just thinking to myself, like, oh my gosh, I just spent $130 on this on this comic book, right? So, and he didn't charge me shipping. Shipping came with it. So he spent like 30 bucks on shipping. And I'm just thinking about like, how does he make his margins? Because it costs a crap ton more to get comic books graded. Um, so I'm just thinking, gosh, like what this guy make like 10, 15 bucks. But, you know, then coming back to the fact that there's so many free shipping supplies that you can get from the post office. I was like, oh. And well, plus, okay, maybe I don't, did make some money. everything I buy that's being shipped, I don't throw anything away. Like if, <laughs> if, 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 if I buy some, purchase something from you, you send me aside from the label. I mean, I'm recycling everything, everything, because it, mm-hmm. a lot of people are like, oh, my God, you're, you're so skittish. Or, or I'm like, look, trust me. I'll, I'll, I mean, I have so many items. Like even I reach anywhere. I got items here. I got items everywhere. That's how you know someone's an eBay seller because even I can't I can't tell you how many how much stuff I've sent out in an Amazon box. <laughs> it's like a reused Amazon box. I mean, because why not? I don't know. Why not? Which it does make me want to get some branded boxes. If I'm being honest, that would be so cool. I would love to get a cool box with the logo on it and then the shipping label and then the postage with the logo on it. I've seen it. It's awesome. I almost almost got a membership to stamp um, just because you could do that. You could put a little logo right on the postage. I thought that was really cool, but I'm with you. I'm with you. I have a whole corner of just boxes and random boxes and hoping that whenever I I have something to ship out that I've got the right box. <laughs> so exactly. I get it. I get it. Wow, that's awesome. Shucks, we've been doing a lot of eBay talking. I've always wondered I okay, so with our first few conversations and it was really really helpful the info that you gave because one piece of information that really stuck out to me and that I've been really hesitant on and maybe it explains a little bit of why I'm hesitant to buy rares um or I guess maybe older base set rares but you told me if someone is selling a first edition rare oh rare listen to me I meant raw if someone's trying to sell you a first edition raw on eBay it's because they couldn't get they tried to, you know, self-grade and they didn't think they could get a PSA 9 or a PSA 10. So they were going to, you know, just go ahead and sell as it is because they'll probably get more money selling it as a raw card rather than a low grade. Do you still follow that advice where I guess the advice from it would be to be very hesitant when you're buying first edition raw cards or just staying away from it altogether? Well, I would if you're buying from somebody like me. A raw card, don't do it. I don't, I mean, I wouldn't do it unless is I do sell mint condition cheap raw cards. And by cheap, okay, define cheap, but but it's <laughs> like not less valuable, maybe like Roger on the on the lower end. Uh, but mm-hmm. if if somebody like me is selling you, for example, a first edition Blastoise Shadowless, and I'm saying mint condition or something like that, it's because I already tried to get it great graded and it didn't give what i wanted so i'm trying to maximize mm-hmm. so you could think look maybe i have better luck up. yeah no don't and not even myself it, i'm uh, 
I'm trying. I'm being honest about it. That's why I don't do it. If you see these top sellers that that grade a lot of their items and they're doing it, come on. I mean, it's because it's yeah, not yeah, worth yeah, getting yeah. the grade because it's not going to be high. Yeah, who, yeah who, that, who, that makes who, sense. Who, what type of Pokemon resell? Because most of these people are resellers. They're not actually hobbyists. I mean, they have a lot of things that they post on IG or do whatever. But most of them, they're just resellers. Mm-hmm. I'm a reseller. Like I do a lot of reselling. But I like I opened I, me and my daughter. I mean, my daughter alone since like 2000 since, since New Year, she's opened like six hundred dollars worth of stuff. Uh, so holy crap! And that's out of vintage <laughs> products alone. And so I mean, we love this, and I love that she loves this because it's like my thing with her. But if 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 I if I say, look, I'm gonna sell you a first edition Neo Destiny Shining Charizard, and I put uh, great conditions. Don't buy it from me. Like the, it, mm-hmm. And it's dual set Pokemon. I'm telling you, don't buy it from me because I already tried to get, if you're thinking you're going to get a nine or a 10, it's a no-go. Don't even try mm, I gotcha. That's really interesting that you say that your daughters open up about $600 worth of Pokemon already, which mm-hmm. that is awesome and crazy. Not that I'm calling anyone crazy, but that's awesome. <laughs> but I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on sealed product. And I guess the reason why I ask is because right now I've opened up a few Hidden Fates, you know, packs like the Ultra Balls and the and right now I have, you know, the sealed Rayquaza, like the giant Rayquaza um, card. I've got I, I bought that. I happened to see it at the local comic book store. The only one they had. I saw it. I, I bought it. I was like, OK, this is great. I'm hesitant to open them only because and it might just be my previous experience. But, you know, Hidden Fates has been great because there's a lot of really good pulls. But to be honest, ever since I started opening Hidden Fates, I haven't gotten a single secret rare or anything like that and so for me what i think uh, maybe that's me being a little skeptical or a little pessimistic but um you know because i think when it comes to opening boxes a lot of it is luck but my thought was is that maybe instead of opening them i should keep them sealed and see what they do in the next five years because i know that happens a lot in magic the gathering um, the Thrones of Theros, which is coming out, which has been out for a while. It seems like it might be a great contender or Gales of Ravnik. You know, the Magic the Gathering stuff, having sealed product like that, you know, is 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 an investment in itself um, because it's still it's still locked up. And so, you know, I, it, you can't just weigh a box and say, OK, there's a hollow in here. <laughs> well, right? least, so, uh, and I'm, well, at least my point of view from the sealed products perspective. I could actually open a, uh, let's say, let me, okay, let me, for example, this is a Neo 4, Neo Destiny Japanese booster, bo- booster box, mm. booster pack. We mm-hmm. I could open this, get a Shining Charizard, right? And that was the last one I wanted from the set that I needed. And I would still want to open another one because as that my thing and my daughter's thing, it's just the adrenaline of, of 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 you know the, the did we get it or did we not get it how hard did we get a good hit a medium hit mm-hmm. so we're more booster freaks but that's most people look if you're just trying to get a top tier a top tier type of card just go buy the card it's gonna be cheaper by the time you pull yeah. it you're gonna waste so much money it's not even gonna be worth it but if yeah, you like the no- if you're like me that I like the nostalgia because growing up I I when I say nostalgia I mean I, I we grew up really 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 poor, so we I couldn't afford Pokemon when I was a kid. Pokemon mm-hmm. came uh, when I was thirteen, fourteen years old, and we were you know 
dead broke. So we, we, there was no way I could afford it. But I saw my my friends and all the other kids that 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 had Pokemon. I'm like, damn, oh my god. So we used to they used to show me their collections and stuff like that. And uh, I never, you know, when you're growing up and you can't have something, you're like, oh, that's for geeks. So I I, I put I started <laughs> because I can't have it. You do that counter psychology. Uh, where, yeah. Oh, you guys are dorks. Mm. So you guys, but you really like, want it. Yeah, but you mm. know, inside you're like really really want it. So. Uh-huh. I, when when I was able to afford it, uh, I actually I bought a couple of things. When I retired from the military, I said, "All right, let me just." I've been thinking about it. Let me go ahead and 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 just buy some items to open up with Dulce, my daughter, and we went ahead. And then I just said, "All right, I I feel like this is this is what I should have been doing at 13 years old." Thanks, yeah. And uh, I just went ahead and at that point, I think I bought like six first edition booster bo- uh, packs. And it was a lot of money. And I'm like, uh, yeah, this is like me saying to my younger self, like, yeah, I, I got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. It was like a Aww. victory purchase in, in that sense. Thanks, yeah. Oh, my God. I can't I can't imagine. You probably spent close to a thousand. No, not, maybe not close to a thousand, but probably at least a hundred, a hundred and fifty per, per pack. Or was it more? Oh, no. Uh, uh, over 500 per pack. Per pack for first edition? Yeah. Wow. That's well, crazy. I mean, now you're looking Maybe at I hyper- must be thinking of the unlimited prices. The first editions are over. They're they're even now. Everything on on eBay is over. I think twelve hundred. I think the lowest is like thirteen hundred. Mm, wow! Even the weighed ones. Yeah, I mean, even the weighed ones. Yeah, even the lights. Which everything well, I, that- you know, I guess maybe I figured the weighed ones would be more. <laughs> but um, so you know, something that I've always wanted to know too is you're always flexing with vintage product, and I'm thinking to myself, God damn, where does this dude find it? Because I found one pack of um the unlimited printing uh booster pack at a comic book shop close to my house, and I ended up paying like sixty. 60 for it and i think at the end of the day when it came down to ebay when i sold it was like 125 the listing just kind of number i just threw out and ended up getting a hit for it um so that was nice that was nice because it was one of the bigger purchases for me that i had made um for one pack but but since then i haven't been able to get my hands on any vintage cards um you know, vintage packs or vintage booster boxes, which a few months ago, I didn't even realize that A, they still existed. And then B, how much they were going for, which I mean, obviously, it makes sense if you look at the individual sale of a single pack. But, you know, goddamn, where do you find that? Sheesh, Goodwill. When when I mentioned that 99.9% of everything is researched, that's exactly what I mean. And out of that 99% is that you just constantly Facebook, Mercari, uh, Facebook Marketplace, Mm. eBay, uh, Instagram, all over. Then at the same time, you have to be saying, all right, let me look at the marketing. All right, how are these selling? Are these dipping? Are these going up? Are these... At this point, it almost becomes like like a twenty four seven job, honestly. Because I mean, I've I've, I've been sleeping, and my wife's like, "Look, you got to get out of the damn computer, and you got to <laughs> just take a break." And yeah, I, I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. Let's turn everything off." So she stays with her phone. I turn everything off, and then all right, you uh, she gets a notification, seven hundred dollars sales. Then she's like, "Oh, you got to go." But you're the one who told me that, that I have to take a break. So oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Um. There's a there's a guy. Um on one of the comic book threads that 
that I'm on. And he was saying that he invested something like $5,000 into comic books and just finding collections, you know, and, and he turned that into to easily 75K. And I'm like, what? But, you know, one of the things that he said was that he hustled. He hustled hard to find those deals. He, he you know, traveled a little bit, you know, driving a few hours away from home to to find those collections, which, you know, those are collections. You can still find them. And they're not just comic books either. They're obviously in Pokemon, too. So, you know, you really do have to put in some time and hustle. Um, And I know for myself, I don't to me, I don't spend as much time as I probably could uh, looking for listings and looking and, 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 um, you know, trying to find cool collections to buy Um, only because I'm not as liquid all the time where I can really jump on those opportunities. I need to get on it. I've been kind of on this, the Dave Ramsey plan. I'm just like, let me just pay off my student debt. Can you imagine if you pay off all your student debt, girl, and how liquid you'll be and how many personal collections you could find at that point? So that's kind of what I've been doing. I've been, I've got my angel, my demon, where it's like, pay off your debt and then you can buy this stuff. But then that's a really good deal for, you know, that that first edition Pokemon, just buy it. <laughs> and, and so... And- and definitely, I mean, the, but if it's only like, if it's only $10, do $10. I mean, there's, and, and not doing the proper research, you literally by not doing research, you're and just write it in a sticky note when, and next to the computer to say, due to me not doing research, I'm going to overspend 40%. I'm going to pay a 40% premium on everything because I don't want to do due diligent research on items. Mm-hmm. And that's the majority of people that purchase on eBay do it that way. I'm not saying that's a bad thing or not because a lot of people have their lives to live. It's, it's a hobby. They, yeah. they just want to come back. A lot of people that afford these things, the reason they could afford it is because they have a full-time job that, or, or, or maybe two jobs and stuff like that that, uh, that allow them to do those things. So they don't have the time. But if you have the time, definitely go – I mean, do your due diligence because I've seen, I've seen a car sale – I've seen a car sale, let's say, for $20, a PSA 10 X. Hypothetically, mm-hmm. this car sold for twenty dollars. This exact in this day, the following day, the same car sold for two hundred or something like that. Not that radical. Oh my! But you can say like yeah, for a hundred. But that crazy. Yeah, and it's just because this one did the, the due diligence and this one this one didn't, and 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 even a change of wording in the search doesn't. Mm. So you could do base set booster, base set unlimited boost. It's just a lot of tricks, tips and tricks that you just gotta get. Mm-hmm. It's just, but it is extremely time consuming. It gives a, a, a huge headache because of, you know, the eyes and all that stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I had to get the uh, blue lenses. These are new glasses. They're about a month or two old. I had to get the blue lens. So, or the blue light lenses so mm-hmm. that I could help my eyes. But I'm, I'm with you on that though. And, and when you say research, um, do you mean doing research beyond looking at the sold listings as well for that product? No, absolutely. I, what I do, the, Okay, a lot of people. I'm trying to see how I can say without, because you never want to give too much leverage. But, but what you want to do is first of all look at soul listings. That's a given. Everybody knows. Mm-hmm. But look at what is actually out there. Like, go what they're actually going for. Remove yeah. every type of filter you have. Look at everything that's actively selling. Then go put that number down. Write it down somewhere. Then look at pop reports. So because mm. remember, a lot of people confuse rarity with scarcity. It's two right. different things. Like even first edition Charizard, Shadowless, that is not a scarce item. 
that is actually there's a lot of them. It's I mean, a PSA 10 example, there's like a hundred and I think the uh, like a hundred and one fifty seven something like that. I think it's the pop report of PSA 10s. So it's not a rare, a scarce item. It's just a rare item. But when you got to look at it in perspective, supply and demand. When you put mm-hmm. when you do the equation of supply and demand, it's extremely scarce for the amount of people that want it. Right. Right. A lot of people say, look, I don't want a PSA 10 charger. I'll be fine with a seven. What they're really saying is, look, I want a seven because I could afford a seven. Mm -hmm. But when, Mm -hmm. if I had the money to afford a 10 comfortably, well, of course I want the 10. Oh, definitely. So in that sense, look at everything, look at the availability, supply and demand, and then make us, that's why when you mentioned the app thing, that'll be extremely helpful. A lot of people like, October, November, the uh, especially no, I'm sorry, the November, December, and beginning of January, best time to buy, worst time to sell. It's horrible on high tier items. You get slaughtered, booster boxes. You would think out. it would be the opposite. No, it, you would think, but it's actually the contrary yeah. because everybody's buying their wife's items. Their your wife's buying you items. You buy your kids' items. So it's there's responsibilities that you can't now invest in the hobby. Because you got to invest in, mm-hmm. your, in, your, in your priorities. So yeah. when you start looking at it, it actually dips and it dips significantly. If you could, you could actually see it in the auctions itself. You look at the his, history in the auction. Now we're going into what? Income tax returns. You're going to see a significantly spike in, in the, after the, the tax returns uh, time frame. And it, it should continue <laughs> in that. In that, in that refunds. Uh, they'll get you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just that, that's part of the, that's just part of the thing. I mean, and, and I have things. I've never, I think I've never got tax returns in my life. Like I always had to pay and now I don't, I don't get any tax returns because I don't file taxes as a retired mm-hmm. veteran. But my right. wife, I mean, when, when we do this, she's, we, we try to identify like how to, we've had a lot of huge purchases during tax, tax season. I'm like, oh my God, this guy is wasting X amount of money and he's, on like a $65,000 salary, which is not a bad thing. That's an, you know, any job is great and, and any salary is great, especially 65 is, is a good salary. But how can you buy a card for $6,000, let's say, on that salary? That's, mm. Mm. so when, when you look mm. at it, when you look at it, um, we, we, and I'm not saying that guy, I'm saying I'm that guy. We are those, <laughs> we are these kinds of people. Yeah, we, we totally we, are. This is we're a freak with collectibles. I'm 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 a super freak. I, I just love it so much that we're willing to say, look, I want this so bad. And then you start justifying it. This is this is bound to go up in price. So then the the, the little devil's like, do it, do it, go, do it. Cause it's oh, gonna definitely. go up. It's gonna go up. Worst case mm-hmm. scenario, you get what you want and it goes up in value. So it's win-win. Yeah. And and I think that's actually where we're gonna be. If like take the hobby on the side, I if, if we look at if I break it down the way I think it's gonna go, I I think you're anything, anything pre two thousand and eight, you're you're gonna you're good, you're you're good. You're anything, sold. Yeah, anything yeah. post two thousand eight, I don't even want. I don't touch anything that's after two thousand and eight. No I, modern. As far as paying a good price for it, now if I get steals, I'm all for it. But if it's if it's you not, get. price is a good price. I really find it interesting what you say about 
um, I guess, modern cards versus vintage cards. So everything before 2008, you just said, are you're going to be golden. You can retire. Quote, oh, absolutely. Quote. <laughs> yeah. Anything, anything yeah. Watsy. Just Watsy. Watsy era, it, there's no way to... There's no way to fail. I mean, you're guaranteed, not guaranteed because obviously anything that can go, but if, if in order for it to drop, it probably everything else will drop, like literally mm-hmm. everything, everything economically will, will drop because it's just a supply and demand aspect. It, I mean, it's only going to get worse and worse. And, you know, I'm really curious because obviously you're really in depth in the market and what it's been doing and how it's been behaving over the past few years, obviously. So what makes you think specifically that the Watsi cards are just that's going to be where majority of the value is compared to the modern cards? Well, the issue is you have organic, organic rarity and, and scarcity versus what's happening now is like, let me give you an example. The first edition Shadowless Charizard PSA 10, I said is not a scarce card, which it isn't. It's 157, I think, the pop report. PSA 10 examples. Hidden Fates, amazing set. I love it. I, I love what it does for the new generations. Personally, I, I as far as a collectible, it's just it looks nice. I think it's good for the kids. It doesn't do it because that has over, I think, over 540 Pop 10. Mm, sh- the shiny Charizards? Shiny, in the, the-, the shiny Charizard Pop 10 or, or PSA 10 report. That's without the, even the black labels and, and the, the pristine Beckett. I mean, that's, it has over 540. In, in, mm. So we're talking about a product that's over, over 20 years old, has 157, which we said is not scarce. But this one has a couple of a few months and has five hundred and forty something. So mm-hmm. it, it, the quality is is, is top notch with any modern. It, it's so part of the hobby is the fact that you can't get those high qualities. That creates the organic interest as far as getting the pristine gem mint card. And you and with the new with the new modern stuff, anybody could just get them because the, the everything gets the best rating possible or the majority like i think out of 700 and something submissions for the shiny charizard the psa 500 and something were psa 10 so the so an overwhelming majority is going to get a psa 10 and mm. with, with watsy try to find right now go anywhere and, and find me a raw charizard first edition for sale that you honestly think it give you psa 10 it's right. ridiculously hard to find, and you if you put eBay uh, Charizard uh, SV forty nine, the all over. That is a really good point because even though, like you said, if if we're in the one fifties with the original Charizard, that's the population. It's not going to go much higher. It's not going to go lower. Probably it shouldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't go lower. People shouldn't be popping them open, but. I guess it wouldn't be able to record that after the fact. But you're right. You're right. These modern sets are going to just steadily and more quickly, like what you said, increase. Because if we're looking at a population of like 500 with a shiny Charizard, I mean, those are crazy numbers in the long term. And what I found interesting, too, that I've talked to a few people about is one of the reasons why I found so many people like the Hidden Fates is because people get great pulls. You know, you're always getting really, really, most of the time, good cards when you open these boxes. And that honestly worries me. 
because now we're looking at bigger printings of good cards, cards that are supposed to be rare, mythic. I, I say mythic because that's from Magic the Gathering, but uh-huh. you know, your super rares, your ultra rares, uh, hyper rares. You know, I always forget. Sometimes I get the trading collections confused. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they kind of blend into each other for me, but that that is something that definitely worried me. And that's why I decided not to open these, my sealed product, because I, I'm, my guess is, is that in the long term, at least for this product, it'll probably be worth more sealed because of, you know, the possibility of getting that shiny Charizard or, you know, the, the fun of opening it versus opening it and not finding the shiny Charizard or the other secret rares that might come in that set. But, you know, when you're looking at bigger print runs, and obviously there's no way for us to really see it. I know a lot of it is just a guess when it comes down to it. Now, obviously, the great thing with Beckett is, is that you can you can get that information when it comes to baseball cards. But I don't know anywhere yet where you can get that information for Pokemon. So it's just essentially a guess. So, you know, how many pallets do the distributors have and how much they're giving out to you know, retailers and the like. So, and that's one of the biggest issues. The thing is, there is n- there's no longer limited printings. They could say it. You could, I could put anything anywhere, but we've seen them do further pre- print runs. Watsy product is it. There's mm-hmm. Watsy doesn't exist as far as Pokemon. The 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 they don't have the brand. You know the the copyright. Yeah. So that's it. The product, the Watsy products that are out. They cannot touch them. It's just that's what it is. So even if you have 157, uh, 157 first edition Charizards, and let's say that apart, let's say that there's a few Garys from Ponsar, right? Let's let's say there, <laughs> there, there's a few of them out there that yeah. are just silent, and he's the only outspoken one. And yeah. and a couple of them have ten sealed booster boxes each. Because I, I know he has a case, but let's say there's five of them. Each of them have ten first edition sealed booster boxes. So we're talking about 50, and then there's another 20 extra. So out of those 20, not every box is guaranteed to have a first edition Charizard. But let's say all of them do. So there's 20 boxes, there's 20 Charizards. Not necessarily, the majority of Charizards out of the box get an 8 or a 9. Only like a 10 to 15% get a 10. So mm-hmm. it's like, this is, you could maybe get up to 160, maybe 165, but that's that, you're not going anywhere after that. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. Those are all really good points. And just a side note, bringing up Gary and bringing up Charizards, did you just see recently there was a post, I think it was Gary for about, it was 2.5 million, something like that on eBay for a whole bunch of graded and ungraded Charizards. All the graded ones were PSA 10. And then for the raw Charizards, also claimed Gem Mint. I mean, I'm sure not all of them are actually 10s. But I think it was Gary, I was reading it on a forum, and I think it was Gary that posted that. I can't remember. I'll have to, maybe later I'll send you the screenshot of what I saw. But, you know, $2.5 million for all those Charizards, which I thought was interesting. And I wouldn't, uh, positioning is everything in the hobby, especially at those levels. But anything like that, like, like for example, once again, I'm going to give you, I'm going to, let's say this pack. This pack, I'm the lowest listing right now for this pack on eBay. I have it at $150. Some people could say that's high. Some people might say maybe 100 is the correct one. Maybe they say it's fair. But this pack, what is out, is out. Is it, This is Watsy. This is out. Yeah. People say, why do you think this is worth 150 I say, look, Neo Destiny or Neo 4, Japanese, has 
shining Charizard, shiny Kabutops. Do you know how many shinies it has? It, 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 it's up. It's the same as Neo Destiny. This is the real. The, this is the first first edition. So you got the English first edition, but this one came first. This is. I think this is two thousand and. 2000 and 2001, and then the English one came out. But the point is this, 150. Neo Destiny First Edition booster pack costs what? 450, 500? The PSA 10 Charger, Shiny Charger, if you get it, I can't remember the price. It's around like 3000 There is no mm-hmm. PSA 10 Charger for sales, Japanese types. And even if there were, they're probably, they should be around uh, late $1,800 to $2,000. So basically, you're getting... This one at 150, the Neo the Neo Destiny is uh 450 to 500, and the difference is you still get extreme money for your buck if you happen to pull those specific. So if you look at just right mathematically, the percentages is cheaper, extremely cheaper than this. Even a base mm-hmm. set, a base set booster pack like an unlimited one goes for about this much, and this Charizard, which is the same one you could get there. Cost two dot two times more, and it's actually it's, it's the the biggest thing is I think it's undervalued because the shining charger in Japanese PSA ten has like a forty eight pop or something like a forty eight to fifty or some a very low pop, and the first edition Neo Destiny shining Charizard has like one forty. So we're talking about it has like a third of the pop ten, mm-hmm. which is which I actually let me go ahead and show you. I have it here actually. Yeah, let's see it. It's it's only like I gotta make I, I don't want to throw these numbers out, but I know the Neo Destiny Japanese sets are around sixty or lower. And uh, here we go. Oh, that's so nice. Random question: Do you always put bags over your graded cards? Yes, for extra protection. And okay. Then I, and yeah. then if, if you look here, I have the bags, and I have I have this on top of this. You got everything. And then I got. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a free. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Even even the cards that aren't worth that much. I'm so when I open it up, I don't know. I, I'm just so particular because you just never know what's going to happen with cards. I always try to keep them as nice as I can, even the ones that are like five cents. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm definitely. I mean that that with things like this. I mean, because this these are the, if they're PSA graded, they're display pieces, and display mm-hmm. pieces you don't want to have see a scratch on them. So I try to. Uh, Oh, heck I think I do have, let me, sh- I have a Yu-Gi-Oh card, which I don't, I just got it. I think I, I, I don't know about Yu-Gi-Oh, but I love the artwork. So I got this one. Let me see if you don't, if you happen to know anything about this. Um, I don't, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh is one of those sets that I, I'm not super familiar with. And I was just talking to someone the other day on IG. They were telling me I needed to get into it. I'm like, I don't even know where to start. I don't know anything <laughs> I mean, about it. Yeah, but. There are some Yu-Gi-Oh cards that are worth, you know, a shit ton of money. I mean, every set, I guess every set has their card that's worth a crap ton. Uh, I was talking to Pokey Madness. I don't know if you know Pokey Madness. I see uh, I seen an IG thing, but I haven't seen I haven't I don't know personally. Oh, okay, that's cool. Well, he was just he he's really cool. I had him on the show for another episode actually, but he was telling me about uh Dragon Ball Zero, no, Dragon Ball Super, Super card. Oh, yes. Yeah, I just like randomly, I just randomly heard about them and I happened to look up some listings on eBay just to see and there's a few cards that are worth a few hundred on there and I was just thinking to myself, oh my gosh. I mean, and over a, I think, I think the, the, there's the, the tournament one that I think it touches the thousand dollar mark and if you have a, a black label, it'll, it'll go beyond that. 
the tournament of power mm-hmm. one and and yeah, I mean, and I love, I mean, I'm a huge Dragon Ball, you know, before the Z and the Super. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely. I, that's what the I grew original. up with. Yeah, and I, I, uh-huh. those are amazing. I mean, but I don't know anything. They're newer, uh-huh. so it's it's like, I should have gotten a box because my wife wanted to get a couple of, of, of sealed cases, actually, at the Tournament of Power, and I didn't when they were extremely cheap. And now they're, I think they're over 250 a booster box. And I think we could have gotten them like around 80 something. So oh my gosh. she she says that, you know, she she's like, I told you. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> she told you. <laughs> where did you where did you um I had no idea they were selling until after the fact. So when did you find out when they were selling? Were you gonna grab it from just an online retailer or something uh, well, like that? Well online they were actually selling pretty cheap, but I have a, a friend of mine that actually has a store and uh oh, anything cool. i could just let him know and he'll say look i'll let me know i'll get you a couple of cases whatever boxes and have them to the side and he's oh, been the same awesome. he's been awesome with with uh and he's the ones that i got for example i got i got one of some of these packs that i like i mentioned oh yeah those those originals yeah, psa 10 all of them right well this one is this is uh i don't know can you see clearly there yeah i can kind of see this is I the, can kind of see the grading on there. The first edition PSA 10 booster box, booster mm-hmm. pack. And I have a few of those. And that, that was with him. I mean, he had a, we had the actual box. The seal was actually peeling off. So he went away. He's like, yo, let's send everything to PSA. And which was, was, was weird to send packs to PSA. But, but we wanted the authentic, basically the authentic piece of it. A lot of buyers, Want to see? All right, they're a little skittish with with buying raw packs because how do you really know they're not resealed? Well, the PSA yeah. gives you that assurance, and and that's why mm-hmm. that's how we did it. And they're actually all on weight. Oh, okay, cool. You know, and I was going to ask you too when it came to the Neo Destiny pack that you had right there. Are the weights the weights for the original booster packs? Are is the weighing the same? Or do they weigh approximately to s- the same to kind of say like, oh, okay, this one's definitely got a hollow in it or not for the Neo Destiny? Well, for for the first edition base set, it's clear. Anything over twenty one is is heavy. Uh, with this mm-hmm. box, the average the average was night. Hold on, was twenty point six five or twenty point six? I got to check my notes. And the heavies were anything over twenty one. With Japanese mm-hmm. Neo, every pack has a hollow, so you can't know. Oh, okay. Like for example, here, let me just get a couple, a few of them, just so you can see. Here, literally every single pack. Humble Flex. Has, oh yeah, and I got more. more. <laughs> just all day today. But every single pack yeah. has a hollow, guaranteed. So if I were to weigh a pack, it wouldn't matter because the yeah, only difference is the shiny. And the shiny Pokemon has so little foil that anything could offset it. So mm-hmm. they all would weigh about the same. There's no way to weigh those packs. They're truly mm-hmm. a no-weight type of pack. So the weighing really only applies to the original first edition or the original base set? Well, you could say with anything prior, any pack that's prior to the codes coming out, it could be weighed. It could be weighed. As oh, far okay. as, yeah, as far as I, everything I've read is anything before, because that's actually why the the... They post. They put the actual codes in it to actually offset the weight. That's why you got the green one and the and the white one or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know the, the actual codes is so they could actually offset the weight from one one the grams from one to another. The and that's actually the. But anything prior to that, you could weigh anything. Anybody and mm-hmm. anybody that says, "Look, look, this is unweighed pack," 
or this if they say this is a heavy pack without giving you a specific weight scale, don't take it. I want to see a picture. Yeah, <laughs> just show me the picture. And sometimes you're like, yo, if he says I get buyer's protection, it's just the headache alone. It's something like yeah. uh, sixty dollars. You bought a fossil pack. There's sixty, ninety dollars, something like that. If you get a heavy, so then you're like, all right, for thirty dollars, we'll have to go through all this. So you just stay with it. And they're like, all right, bingo, got him. Yes, yeah, got him. But yeah. but yeah, but anything that's Japanese Neo or Neo or, or I think Neo Revelation as well with the shinies, there's no way to know. They're truly unway packs. Mm-hmm. And I had like sixty of them, and I just can't. I like right now I'm looking at them. I just want to keep opening them. I love that's my favorite set. <laughs> oh man, I I remember when I got my first box of uh, Magic the Gathering. It, it, Magic the Gathering recently for me has been the the first trading card game that I was getting back into. So about two years ago, I'd started getting the core 19 sets. It was just a big booster box with like 32 boosters in it. And that was so much fun and satisfaction just opening up all those packs. I'm pretty sure I've opened up at least four, I want to say. But I think think after doing that for a little bit of time, for me, I lost... Not that it's still not fun, especially when you pull a really awesome card, but I don't get the itch to open packs as much anymore. It's so weird. It's so weird. I don't, I still don't feel that same way like y'all where, where, you know, you guys just like want to open it, which I guess is a good thing and a bad thing because I'm not going to be opening as much, but then I'm not going to be opening as much. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those things, but. So then with all of your collection, cause you got so much going on, what is your most and this can either be like based on value or based on sentimental value. But what's your most valued card in your personal collection? My my most valued card? Yeah, yeah. Whether that's monetary or sentiment. It's a tough one. To be it's honest, it, it sounds weird, but it'll... And I have more expensive cards, but it will have to be... Let me see if I get... Yeah, it's fair. This one, and it's just—it's not the most expensive by any stretch of the imagination, but it'll be the Shining Kabutops. I just, oh, nice. I just love the desert artwork that it's like in the middle. Yeah. And, and it was so hard to get this at a 10. There's, I think there's only like 45 examples or 44 examples. And I actually sold the set. This set is actually sold already. Oh, wow. And, and which I took so long to get the set after so many years, but. You know, it's part of the hobby. Sometimes you spend all this time, but I, I wasted a ton of, oh my God, a ton of money last month. So my wife's like, yeah, you're going to have to leave something go. <laughs> Either something goes or you go. So, uh. <laughs> Oh, I get that. I get that. It's so hard to stay within the budget because there's so much out there and you just want to get it all. Gosh. Yeah. And, and on top of that, for, for me, this is, this is a personal problem, but I collect so many different things. Like between comic books, between baseball cards, between Pokemon and Fortnite and Magic, $200, $500, however much your budget is, like that stuff goes quick in just one category. So for me, I'm kind of like, do I want to focus on Pokemon, you know, for these for this next year and then kind of get a really good collection going where I've got a number of valuables and then move into comic books? It's been hard. It's been hard for me. That's been a struggle <laughs> because I end up just buying both. Ain't going over budget. Here we are. <laughs> but the biggest thing, at least for me, is and and, and imagine for you too. The well, your yours is even harder because you got so many hobbies. But you're probably more of a true MTG kind of girl. Um. So I never really played it 
that much, but I just love collecting the cards. The cards are just so cool to me, and I need to play it more often. But probably the one that I'm most into is actually probably baseball. That's probably oh, wow. where the biggest part of my collection is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't that's how I, I started back in the day. <laughs> I think I have a Babe Ruth somewhere, but I, that I got it. That got it. I think with a trade or something, but I don't even know what that would be. At. Oh my gosh! A little. It's a little. <laughs> Little car like that. Oh, nice. Let me see. Nice. It might be. Oh, yeah. Here it is. I got it here. Yeah, little. Oh, one of those. I think those are called cigar, um, cigar cards because they came. I think back in the day when baseball cards first started coming out, I believe they actually came in like cigarette boxes. So they call them like cigarette cards or something like that. I just. I never collected them before until I started getting Allen and, and Ginter uh, packs. I, I never bought them before, but they happened to come with those little cards. So they're, they're cute. <laughs> yeah. And I think <laughs> that I, I got, and, and I got this one because I, I, you know, Babe Ruth, you know, Mickey Mantle, Big they're iconic, but I, they told me that that one was when he, the only image that of him when he had cancer before he passed away was oh, the, that's the actual image in that card that, so that's the only card that represents mm, it. With, that is cool. So do you know how much it's worth? I don't even know. I I took it in a, 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 a but it's 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 a what is it a six point five bazooka Babe Ruth silver. I, I'm gonna have to look. I'm I'm really curious for you now. But um, that's I've a seen I've hate. seen the gold. Um, the gold one because you see here, this one is silver here, and there's a gold one that yeah. looks just like this. But gold, but it's gold, gold. and everybody, yeah. everybody forgot about the silver and collected the gold because gold is the top of the market. So <laughs> top they, they reserved that one, protected that one, and then the silver they just played with them and traded them, and nobody cares. So mm. the, the scarcity on the silver supposedly is extremely more than the gold. But I don't, I, I, I wouldn't know. Nice. That that's an interesting card. I'd be curious to see if I'll have to look look that up at some point and um see what comes what comes up on uh baseball but a few months ago no 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 um in the fall of last year a friend of mine came across a garage sale where she bought me um a whole bunch of just you know boxes of cards two or three dollars a box and i still haven't gone through all of them and i need to <laughs> because we're talking about cards from the 70s and the 80s mostly 70s and 80s before they did their mass prints in the 90s i don't know how much you know about that but even yeah. the limited cards uh, yeah, I know, the, uh, you, how is it the pre-war i know that i've heard those terminologies <laughs> post-war i gotcha yeah there there's honestly there is so much to know about all of these things that it's why I like to connect with people because I'm always going to learn something new or interesting about a particular set. Because when it comes to magic and then Pokemon and then, you know, just everything, there are so many sets to know. So for me, I don't know. It's, it's always kind of nice to talk to people that know more about things than I do because I know a lot. I wouldn't say that I have knowledge, novice knowledge of things, but when it get, comes to knowing something on a deeper level, I definitely don't have that as much as others, which is probably because I haven't been collecting seriously as long. But it's always nice to hear that. Like what you were telling me about the Japanese Neo Destiny, I had no idea that the Charizard in that set was so valuable. I mean, obviously Charizard is going to be valuable everywhere, but sometimes... 
I'm skeptical with the Charizard because yes, everyone likes the Charizard, but it's always the Charizard that you get isn't the valuable one. <laughs> There's always the one that's actually valuable, but you just have the one that everyone has, you know? So I had no idea. But, you know, I've also always been curious of, and honestly, the Japanese cards, they look so cool. I just can't read them. But I they love look them. so cool. I love them. Do you think do you think that they're undervalued? Absolutely. I mean, they're well, because a lot of people would say, look, the English is the primary collectors or the standard, which is which which is absolutely correct. But if if we're getting to this, we're getting to this specific, we're at a point now at a crossroads where now Pokemon is not just a little kids game and just like with Magic the Gathering, the same thing happened. Everybody thought that it was oh, a yeah. joke. Everybody thought that that it was, you know, a little kids you're having fun. Or until, the devil. Until wait, hold on, two hundred thousand dollars. Oh wait, now it's serious. Yeah. And and not to this Magic the Gathering. I think it's amazing and the quality of the cards and everything. But the collector base of Magic of the Gathering is a fraction of the Pokemon collector fan. I mean, and, and 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 this is still to this day. I mean, my daughter school has a club. That does mm-hmm. Pokemon. So Pokemon is our generation. I, I'm I'm I was born in the nineteen the middle in 1986. So that was the specific target audience for Pokemon. Mm, they got you right at that age. They got me right at that age. So, but then you say, all right, those are the people. People like my age are the ones that are. That's why they're over. Everybody says, look, Pokemon is overpriced. All right, so let's do this. You think it's overpriced? Wait until because everybody's waiting until it dips. So this is what's gonna happen. The the in my estimation, the primary age where people, women and men, make the best economic standing is forty and above. So we haven't right. even hit our top economic yeah. life. You know, the, the our peak financial, which is after forty. Right, so right. When we hit our peak, that means we're gonna have more funds. A lot of uh, more people in my age are gonna have funds, and they're gonna. Bid on the same thing, which drives prices up again. It's they're going to put money in the market, right? Exactly. So it, everybody's waiting for it to dip, and what's going to happen? What should happen is the contrary, because it's going to be more free money at age forty, which should dramatically increase price. And then people are going to mm-hmm. say, "Okay, so now, now is going to dip." But what happens is with it, it's kind of weird because Pokemon, in this sense, my brother was born four years after me. When you say, all right, so it peaked, now it's going to dip. Now his generation is huge on Pokemon. It's even stronger on Pokemon than we are. So it's, it might. Yeah, it's going to keep going. And then, But then my, my, my cousin is younger than him. And then mm-hmm. his generation mm-hmm. is from like the 1995. And they're huge Pokemon fans. So they're going totally. to hit 40. And they're going to hit 40. And they're going to hit 40. And they're going to hit until my that daughter's. That makes so much sense. Yeah. So when you look oh. at it, and it's going to get worse because there's going to be all the generations that hit 40 simultaneously bidding, demanding the same item. So it's dramatically, well, look at what happened with Black Lotus and all that. That's exactly oh, the yeah. scenario. But the difference is that there's extremely less people that demanded a Black Lotus compared to the amount of Pokemon collectors. And I'm not I'm not denigrating that at all, saying that Magic of the Gathering is, is beneath it or anything like that. Uh-huh. Just, just a numeric standpoint as far as how many Pokemon collectors are there versus Magic of the Gathering? It's is the amount of people that collect Pokemon is 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 vast to say the least. 
when it comes to comparing the the population, I guess, of collectors, where were you able to find that? Was it just kind of looking at data and stats and supply and demand, comparing the markets together? Well, one of the biggest things that I think that had me invest because I uh, I I wasted a lot of money. That's one of my wife. I don't mean <laughs> these past months, yeah. a lot of money. It's when I started actually cross-referencing specifically the Watsi Magic the Gathering because I said this is like a phenomenon because of the fact how prices in like six months skyrocketed. What exactly happened? And when I started looking mm-hmm. at it, I'm like, basically, Magic of the Gathering and, and Pokemon are just take away the art, the the art and all that. They they hit the same buttons. Just that you know you could probably say it's more like a gothic type Magic of the Gathering, and then like more like a like a like a kid made up fantasy fairy type Pokemon, right? As far as the, the, the <laughs> yeah, the, but the concepts are the same as far as their their uh-huh. their market, their niche. So, what should happen with Pokemon? Did Pokemon was Pokemon more popular than Magic of the Gathering? I would say yes, absolutely. At its peak, it was absolutely much higher. Yeah, yeah, it hit kids at the right time, and I I think. And compared to Magic the Gathering, when that first came out, like like what we were saying before, it was a weird, it was a different thing. It was one of the first things that came out for that. And a lot of people literally thought it was the devil. So. Yeah. But 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 to be honest, the good thing about Magic of the Gathering is that the hobbyists for Magic of the Gathering, oh my God, they loved it. They loved them some Magic of the Gathering. They're like mm-hmm. hardcore Magic the Gathering fans. They love it. They'll go to every game every Saturday. They're holding up a, and they're, they yeah, love it. I mean, the, but the thing is, it probably after you can make a case that after a specific amount of time, it started dying down, which you can't, it's completely true. Whereas mm-hmm. Pokemon is, is different than this. It's the same and different. And that is, it, it, after 2000, it came out in 1999 in, in America, 1996 in Japan. But after mm-hmm. 99, it was introduced here, and it really didn't take off until about two, mid-2000s. It takes off, and we love it. Everybody loves it. It's doing great. About 2005, six, it dips dramatically, like around that, or I think even 2005 or something like that, it dipped. And it that was like, oh, my God, what's going on, all this? The EX series mm-hmm. sets were coming out. And then after that, it automatically took off. And yeah. it, it hasn't had any anything that's stopping it on, on the contrary i mean the games have uh, pokemon go was like, so instrumental to the to the growth of the hobby that game just like everyone lost their mind absolutely everyone and yeah and, and the other thing is when you said what should you do with sealed products everything is don't uh, how do i say this never ask somebody what you should do because you should do it you make that decision Worst case scenario, mm-hmm. I messed up. It was on me, but you don't want somebody else to tell you. And they go, oh, because you, you know what I mean? But I would, rec- I, would, I would say this. The difference is with a booster pack or something like that from the Watts area, anything pre-2008, the amount of the, – the Pokemon Go was had a huge impact on the hobby and expanded it. It, it did a, a number of things. But what really is taking it to the other level is the YouTubers, to believe it or not. YouTubers oh, really? opening packs – are what inevitably this pack, and I'm gonna just take let me just take this because I have it here. This pack, what happens when YouTubers keep opening packs? Watsy doesn't exist anymore as far as making Pokemon products. They can't make these packs anymore. So mm-hmm. what happens? YouTubers are making so much money because they get the views and the views actually pay the the stipend they get pays for the pack. So they keep the cards and they get the content and they make money. Yeah. So it's a win-win for them and it's a win-win for the actual hobby because 
they're actually expanding knowledge and that 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 nostalgia that everybody that's why we look watch videos because we love that nostalgic feel that we get when even somebody else pops an amazing card or even opens a pack so the more that are open the less that are reserved or left over the less that are left over the demand is still the same and it, it but mm -hmm. so it drives up prices and it'll continue to do this basically you can see that what what happened to the base unlimited set booster pack they were like fifty dollars not not too long ago and i really mean recently and now they're over a hundred dollars mm -hmm. each in a couple of months right because everybody says oh right the, the the boxes that are more abundant is base set unlimited youtubers started popping packs left and right and they what happened they and now what's going to happen is now the base set unlimited packs went up so now let's try to pick on the last one that's on so now it's going to be fossil Fossil is uh -huh. going to go up. When, well, Fossil is already going up, but it's going to go up a little bit more until it hits the same level. Then it's going to be, what's the next one? The next Watsi. It's going to be, all right, so Jungle. So Jungle, and then it's going to be at the same. All right, so which one is the best one? And then and everything has a domino it effect on everything else. upon itself. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's a good thing to always just keep an eye on not necessarily the market, but just what's happening. I guess that would be considered the market, but just what's happening in general, because that happens that happens all the time when there's a hot topic that comes up and someone gives up some information and then a lot of people feel right about it. Then all of a sudden the market reacts to that. I mean, literally, I've always said this, but every card is like a stock. Absolutely. It is exactly like a stock and that's how you're investing in it and you're speculating on on individual stocks. So how would you go about investing in an individual stock? And everything about what affects stocks, you know, also affect the cards and the hobby in the real world. So if, if a if a famous YouTuber says something about a particular set and and they're like, yeah, this is so undervalued, it's gonna go up, and you know, all of a sudden you see the demand for that product hit at that time. I mean, I, that happens with everything. And and when I started to to pick up on this, for example, when Comic-Con announced that Natalie Portman was going to be, as Jane Foster, was going to be the new Thor, right? Everyone, you know, got super lit up about it. They were really excited. That same weekend where that was announced on eBay, Jane Foster as Thor just in comics, in any other, you know, memorabilia, shot up like crazy. It was trending number one on eBay. And so for me, sometimes too, what I'll do, and I kind of want to develop another software program that will allow me to do this, but keep an eye on just what's trending on eBay. All of a sudden, this particular baseball or basketball player is trending. Well, what happened? What did they do? Grabbing stuff from the news to kind of stay on top of those dips or not not dips but those peaks when they start to hit because sometimes I notice for myself at least when you're looking at sold listings and something's all of a sudden hit really really high prices by the time you're looking at the sold listing and let's say you're seeing at least five different transactions of stuff that have been sold at the higher price you're kind of a little late sometimes mm -hmm. you, you've seen it happen and then now you're riding the dip well, you know, how how can you kind of anticipate that? Because if you have like a, I don't know, let's say, for example, uh, Kyler Murray, you know, a quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, right? He, he does something amazing. And then you're like, OK, he does something amazing. You look at the trends on eBay, all of a sudden, you know, you can kind of hop in on an opportunity where, you know, someone's hot and then potentially go for it. So I know for myself, there aren't 
there aren't many tools, at least for the Pokemon Indicators. collecting that are out there. Yeah, to help you kind of do that. Um, it's really, really hard. So I think that's what I'm going to try and do over these next over the next year. Try to start building some things, some free apps uh, to help people because I think it's valuable. Well, I mean, it, it all depends. The way I view it is is if you want short term investment or long term investment, if you look at it like a stock or, or like if you're building a portfolio. So, for example, you could say, look, I'm going to go ahead and buy. Uh, let me try to put a uh, a triumphant a triumphant booster box, and uh, I'm gonna hold on to that, and I'm gonna flip it or whatever. It, versus, for example, in your case, a hidden fates box. Mm -hmm. So you there's there, there's your hidden fates investment is riskier. That the mm -hmm. the the anything that's pre specific, especially Watsy item, and let's say anything pre. 2007 for for that for sake of argument anything of that is going to be conservative there, there's no more print so you know that that is going to steadily keep increasing in value and who knows it could if anything like the magic of the gathering happens which it it, it, it definitely could especially because if you look at the difference in time age and time frame from watsi magic of the gathering to watsi pokemon it's about what uh three we're talking about six year difference mm, yeah there's a little bit yeah. Because Watsy came out, uh, I mean, Magic of the Gathering came out in 92, 93? Uh, uh, 93, 93, Nin 94. Yeah, you're close on that. Well, let's, yeah. uh, well, let's say 93. And Pokemon came out in, in, ni in 99. 99 for so us, six yeah. years difference. I'm I'm 33 <laughs> right now. You add six mm -hmm. years, I'm, I'm upgrading to 40, which is the primary economic years. When did that, when did Magic the Gathering spike ridiculously in value oh my gosh there's been a lot of times but but the um, real big one which is you know a hundred had to have been in the past like four to six years probably so, is so, yeah so you're looking about yeah. we should be pokemon should be if you go mm -hmm. by that it should be in the next two three four then it's going to be the real significant because remember i mean i i, I remember getting an offer a black lotus, I think it was a nine point five or whatever for eighteen thousand dollars, and I don't even know what that price is now. And it, it, it has to be thousands, tens of thousands of dollars, or maybe hundred. I don't know. Yeah, for a nine point five, it's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy amount. It's yeah, the, the eighteen thousand sounds about right in all honesty. But well, you know, uh, alpha, it was an alpha, so I think it, I think it's, I think it's over a hundred G's at this point. I'm not even uh, sure. Black border or white border. Black, the the one with the black, yeah, the, okay, with, yeah, that's gonna be original, yeah. The 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 white border, um, is revived. are usually they yeah, they're the second printing, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, well, I mean, but and if you look at those time frames, that that's that's how I look at it. Like, if anything like this happens with Pokemon, we're talking about a Black Lotus card that is equivalent to like the Charizard, right? As far as the, mm -hmm. the reputation and all that. That's the big, yeah, that's the big Kahuna. So, so that was around twenty thousand dollars. When I when I thought about you know a few years back, which if you think about it, it's about four years back. That's what they were around. You know, that's the price. Yeah, yeah, that was about four years ago when you got offered that eighteen. Yeah, and 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 then all, all of a sudden it was like, and no, and and it yeah. wasn't like it, it went like it went to like like thirty or something, and then it went to like a hundred. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. So it, you didn't 
Why didn't you go up three thousand? Why why you had to go all about? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, and I'm all mad because oh my god, did I just lose out on you know like seventy something thousand dollars? But oh, the man. point is this: it was eighteen thousand. The Charizard is fifty thousand at this point, or forty five, mm-hmm. whatever. Let's say it's forty thousand. What's gonna happen when we hit that primary time? This one, yeah, this one grew. I don't know how much percentage. If you apply that same percentage to the Pokemon. It's obviously a hypothesis. It's nothing, but if anything like that, even even as close to it happens to the the Pokemon hobby, we're talking about everything that you think is expensive now will be chump change. Oh, totally agree with you on that. The only thing, and it's not something that I've been worried about per se, but something that I've been kind of thinking about as far as you know. Okay, if I'm gonna make this purchase, should I wait a little bit? The thing that I've been thinking about is, you know, we've had a pretty good economy for about going on 12 years, right? Because everything crashed in 2008. So we're coming up to a bear market. And obviously, we don't know when that's going to happen, but it's got to happen sometime soon because that's just how economics works, right? So when it comes to big purchases, I guess for you, I don't know if the bear market is something that you think about, but if it is something that you think about, are you kind of holding off on bigger purchases so you can kind of wait for the market to dip a little bit? Because once the market, once the market, I don't want to say it when it crashes, but when it starts to downturn, that's usually a better time for buyers to buy. So is that something that you're kind of calculating into your overall plan? Well, absolutely. What what I do is, because I've, I've heard that, that a lot of people say that, you know, this is going to, and I'm going to wait until it dips and I'm, I, I'm just waiting because remember the dip was supposed to be two years ago. If you look at if, know, yeah, if you look at economics, it's supposed to be every eight years. So we're we we yeah. were we're past due for a dip. There's no indicators at the moment that that. But anyway, that's more economics. Yeah. This is the way I see it. Sometimes you say, "Look, I'm gonna buy this Charizard," but I don't want to buy it because it's two thousand dollars right now. Let's put that just so we can have a, a round number: two thousand dollars. So I'm gonna wait until the economics dip. So you wait it. You waited till next year, it didn't dip. Then you waited for the following year, it didn't dip. But then this card is not $2,000 anymore because mm-hmm. it, because everything, it went to $4,000 because, it, and that's conservative. Uh-huh. You know, Pokemons, especially Charges, they could triple, quadruple, they, you, ne- you never know. But let's say $4,000. And then it dip, And then we get the, the, the supposal, you know, the, the crash or whatever. And then you say, right. all right, so now I'm going to buy. So you're going to get it at what, 40% of what it was because it, it dropped 40%. So if you mm-hmm. get it at 40%, you still overpaid because yeah. 40% of 4000 is still more than the 2000 you had. Yeah, you know, so you still. Yeah, seriously. It's it's that struggle to find the right time and it's always hindsight. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. And, that, and, and exactly. That's why. But but you, you understand at least that, that perspective where I see it. The only way you mm-hmm. could actually make because the, yeah. the increase is. It's to a point where the the dip in the market has to be significant, and I know this is this is not a necessity. This is a hobby, and this is the first yeah. thing that goes. With that said, oh, okay. even if you say, "Look, it's going to dip fifty percent," unless this is like a like a like a depression or something, but then everything is off. But at that point, I don't even see it like that because if everything drops, then everything is. So you're like, all right, so that Charizard is $1,000 now. Yeah, and so is your car, so is your house, so is your glasses. <laughs> so basically, it's, it, yeah, relative, relative to everything else, it's the, same, it's the same value. It's just not the same price. But it's the same value right. compared to other things. 
it's not a true value just because of where the market is at that time. Exactly. No, and, and if, you, if if everything dips, so you're like, oh, you should have bought a house with that money. Or if you told me, look, with the two thousand dollars, I should have bought a car. So you, because of the dip, because you're expecting the dip, so you raise two thousand dollars on a car. Mm-hmm. So when the dip happens, this goes down. Let's say seventy five percent. So we're talking about what a thousand five hundred dollars. It went down. And then the car went a thousand five hundred dollars down because it also impacts by the, the dip itself. Everything gets impacted. Uh, maybe uh-huh, something yeah. less than another, but in that case, I just I just buy the card. Yeah, just I buy the card before before because I because I already went through it. I about about three years ago, I said yes, I'm gonna wait for that dip. I'm gonna be laughing when everybody. <laughs> I didn't have anything. I said when everybody is mm. is losing their shit and losing their house, I'm going to come in and I'm going to swipe it all out. You get and, everything. And I just Aww. waited and waited and waited and waited. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. But oh. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, if you wait for it to happen, you might lose out. Because even even the, the things that, even with the dip, like I mentioned, even with the dip, you still would have been better off just buying it from the get-go. Oh, totally. I agree with you on that 100%, which... Brings me to my next thing. So we've got about 40 seconds left of this session because Squadcast gives me a max. So I figured we'd just go ahead and close stuff out. So if you could tell everyone where they can find you because I want them to find you and follow you because you've got a lot of good content and whatnot. Where can they find you? Well, I'm on IG. I'm not even sure. I, I got two accounts, but I'm on IG, Dulce's Adventures slash Dulce Pokemons, and on eBay as well. And, uh, whatever you guys need or anything, I'm here. I mean... As you know, I always try to extend my hand out to help mm-hmm. in any way possible. And I'm always trying to get other people as well because we're networking is key and we're here to learn from each other. I'm with you. I'm with you. Shucks, this was really good. I, I This was good. We didn't even look at my notes. <laughs> we didn't even go on it. So it's awesome. But hey, I appreciate I appreciate you being on. So Thanks. thank you so much. And it was a pleasure meeting you. Keep in touch. Yeah, same. Seriously. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye.